0: Welcome to Read It in Theatres, a podcast where I watch it. And I read it. I'm Hava. I'm LB. And today, we're going to talk about Dracula.
1: We sure are.
0: This has been a long time coming.
1: <laughs> Listen, I don't know <laughs> if you've ever tried to read Dracula. Uh,
0: I have, yeah. Uh,
1: did you finish it, by chance?
0: No, I read it with you when we were teenagers, and I quit after the first chapter. <laughs> I finished
1: did you? I think you made it longer than that. Whatever. Uh, whatever. Um, I finished it that time, and um, I still feel pretty much the same about it as an adult. Cool. Which is unfavorably. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no better insights now that you have expanded your literature horizons and read hundreds of books.
1: Um, I will say that it was. I could at least make heads or tails of what Van Helsing was saying now, but I still had to try really hard. (laughs) He's not a fun character. Great. (laughs) And here's the thing, right? Like, you can have villainous characters. You can even have, like, characters that within their own narrative are obnoxious. Those are fine, you know? Yeah. But they still have value, but, like, Van Helsing is so boring, dude. He never <laughs> shuts up. We had a joke for a long time. Yep. About how I literally forgot that he was talking one time and just thought that it was narrative because he was talking unbroken for such a long time. Dude, yeah. it holds up. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't forget that he was talking this time because I was looking for it. But there's a point where he talks unbroken for like three pages. That's insane. And again, like, even then, like, monologues, a little boring. But, like, I, that's fine. I can get into it. Except, like, there are two things that are, like, almost instant do not finish for me. And it's when a character is speaking in vernacular. Because that's yep. so obnoxious. Yeah. And when the internal rules of the story, like, the author can't follow their own goddamn rules that they just made up just now. Yeah. Those are, like, pretty instant do not finish, and Bram Stoker does both of them, so...
0: Wow, I'm so glad you fought through that for the sake of this (laughs) podcast that eight people listen to.
1: But we love those eight people.
0: We love those eight people. Why do you think I bring them up every episode? God bless (laughs) those eight people. I hope you enjoy this one. Let's get into it. I watched, let's see, six movies for this? Dang. Dang. Were they at least good? No, Uh-oh. some of them were. Actually, no, some, some of them were. Um, I was going to watch more, but uh, I do not have access to whatever movie I feel like watching. And mm. so I was limited to what I could find available. That's fair. So I actually mainly watched the older films that are easier to find. And a lot of the more recent ones, like post the 90s, couldn't get my hands on them, which is a shame.
1: Well, I feel like those will be more, not that there's anything wrong with, like, changing the plot and changing the theme and stuff, but I feel like those at least will be a little closer to the novel, an adaptation of the novel, rather than an adaptation of,
0: like, Twilight-esque vampires. I can't wait to tell you how wrong you are. (laughs) (laughs) First of all. (laughs) yeah. I started I tried to go in order. So I started with Nosferatu. Okay. Which is a plagiarism movie.
1: Beautiful. <clears throat> Love it. It is that asshole. He sucked. Well, <laughs> I don't know about him as a person, but it's hey, more
0: plagiarism in this household unless it results in Nosferatu, in which case <laughs> it's worth it. Nosferatu is a fantastic movie. Um I went into it thinking it was going to be really boring and tedious the way that a lot of silent films are. Mm-hmm. No, it holds up. Everything you've ever heard about Nosferatu is true. It's, great. it's a great great movie. Um, but it is plagiarism because <laughs> it was not sanctioned by the Bram Stoker estate at all, which is why all the characters' names are changed. Beautiful. And they tried to pretend like it was an original vampire story. Oh my god. Um they didn't get away with it. Uh Stoker's widow sued them for copyright infringement and won.
1: <laughs> Man.
0: Yeah, she actually demanded that all copies of the film be destroyed. Damn. So I don't know if it's possible to find like the original Nosferatu anymore. There's like edited versions that are available. Because there are just too many copies had been distributed worldwide for them to all be destroyed. Damn. Which is good because it's a fantastic movie. So like I'm glad that it exists. But anyway, it's not really, uh, it's not really close to the book at all, as far as I can tell. No. And then, uh, and then I also watched Dracula Istanbulda, which is a Turkish production. One of my favorites that I watched, and it is based off of a novel that was published in Turkey that was just a hundred percent a Turkish copy of Dracula, made illegally and distributed. With with names changed and all references to Christianity removed um, Because Dracula wasn't available in that part of the world So someone just rewrote it in Turkish
1: Incredible
0: (laughs) The movie's based off of that book And it came out before the original novel was available in Turkey (laughs) Why remove Christianity, do you think? Because Turkey was a Muslim nation at the time That's fair So it wouldn't make sense for christianity to be a vampiric weakness in a in a country where their main religion was islam
1: Mm, that's true we just have such a eurocentric um depiction of vampires in this country currently that it's like no weakness to crosses how (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah and i do want to note that all of our research focused on the European depiction of vampires yes. I really didn't do any research into similar mythologies elsewhere in the world because we're focusing on Dracula
1: yeah I did a tiny bit but yeah like you're saying it it felt we're talking about Dracula so
0: yeah and there are Dracula productions made in other parts of the world that incorporate different mythologies but I wasn't able to find those and watch them so uh, it just I didn't look into it yeah I had six movies at least to watch man I was gonna watch 12 I only got half of them (laughs) I mean I think that's fine
1: you know we have to limit our scope to some degree I think
0: yeah I just don't like doing that I want to do all of it all the time that's fair (laughs) if I can't go 110% what's the point
1: (laughs) um so I would really like to talk about um how Dracula as a character super funny (laughs) hilarious, hilarious. He is. <laughs> he's a comedic character and like i get how he would be horrifying to the characters within the novel but like he's introduced he's like wearing a fake beard <laughs> <laughs> no he, he shows up <laughs> in this carriage to collect jonathan harker and take him back to the castle <laughs> he's dressed up as a peasant Driving a carriage with like a fake beard Uh,
0: on—it's so funny. Okay, I want to concept of that. I want to talk about this too because him pretending to be his own driver is a thing that happens in multiple movies because it's
1: hilarious.
0: It's hilarious, but here's the thing: I think it was, yeah, in the 1931 like very famous Bela Lugosi one, he pretends to be his own driver. And then when Renfield looks out the carriage window, Dracula has turned into a bat and is still driving the horses. (laughs) So he he goes to the effort to be like, yes, I'm a powerful count who has his own driver. It's definitely not the same person. And then midway through the journey, he's like, fuck this. I'm going to be a bat. (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah, he's just... And that's That's such a thing. That's so funny, dude. That's so in character. In like every movie that I watched, it was like he'd do the bare minimum to be like, no, I'm a human. And then 30 seconds later would be like, I'm not a human. I love that. Yeah, there's a really great moment in um, the 1970 Count Dracula that had Christopher Lee in it. He, same deal, pretends to be his own driver, gets to the castle pretends to be a different person now he's count dracula now and then almost immediately stands directly in front of a mirror next to jonathan harker oh my god like jonathan harker looks in the mirror sees that dracula is not in the mirror and then dracula is just like anyway have a good night sleep oh well just leaves. that's
1: beautiful incredible <laughs> it's, I,
0: it's like he just doesn't really
1: care <laughs> Um, I will say there are no mirrors in mm. the castle in the book. The only mirror is Jonathan brings like a shaving kit. And so when he's shaving, Dracula comes up behind him and he doesn't see him. And it's like a thing for a second. And then Dracula, again, he's hilarious. He, <laughs> Jonathan cuts himself because Dracula startles him. And so Dracula at first like freaks the fuck out and tries to eat him. <laughs> <laughs> is repelled by the crucifix that he's wearing. And then is like, Oh, you have wounded yourself and it is this devil's fault and points at the fucking mirror and then throws it out the window. And he's like, There, you'll be fine now (laughs) <laughs> it's it's the mirror's fault. Uh, Throws it out the window, and still, also, Jonathan, like the beginning of this novel is such like, wow, you're really the white guy in the horror film. Because oh my god, yes, peasants are like, oh, you don't want to go there. The devil lives there. The actual literal devil lives there. You don't want to go to that castle. And he's like, hmm, what could this mean? <laughs> Then, after he throws the mirror out, after he's freaked out, tried to eat him because he's bleeding, Jonathan's like,
0: huh? Well, that was weird. Moving on. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's 100% how he is in every movie.
1: Incredible.
0: And no Sferatu. This was- I love how stupid he is in Nosferatu. He uh, first of all, his boss who like sends him to Transylvania, just obviously a creep. He's like the creepiest little dude ever, and he's like clearly up to something, and and Harker's just like, Oh, okay, yeah, you're my boss, I'll go. <laughs> and then he gets to this inn before he makes it all the way to the castle, and he tells the inn as a whole, he like announces that he's going to see Count Dracula. Everyone stares at him in horror. And then the innkeeper <laughs> goes, you can't do that tonight. The werewolf is out. Oh my god! It's never explained. He's just like, oh, no, you can't travel anymore. The werewolf's out tonight. And, and Harker's just like, oh, the werewolf. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever you say. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. And then he finds this book in his room that has information about the Nosferatu and vampires and it's got all this creepy shit he legit reads I'm gonna read this to you I wrote it down he opens the book and reads from the seed of Bilal sprang the vampire Nosferatu who liveth and feedeth on human blood this unholy creature liveth in sinister caves tombs and coffins which are filled with cursed dirt from the fields of the black death god he goes eh, and he throws the book aside and goes to sleep. Oh my god, Jonathan. the <laughs> yeah, He's just like, ah, well, it's boring. He just <laughs> chucks it aside. The most himbo. He's <laughs> such a himbo. It's so good.
1: Oh, that's incredible. I love oh, that. It's
0: so funny, and that's just that's just the thread of his character where he. He shows up and everyone's like, dude, you don't want to go see Count Dracula. That man's a killer. And he's like, a oh, what? <laughs> um, speaking of werewolves, you know who the werewolf is? It's Dracula.
1: Dracula. <laughs> Here's the thing. No, the werewolf's a hyena. <laughs> I don't. That just means the Dracula turns into a hyena. <laughs> In this. Because, like, he can turn into a large black dog. Yeah. And he can control wolves. And he has hair on his palms, which is actually a classic werewolf thing. Yeah. Like, he just is a werewolf also. And I kind of can't get over that. Because, you know, again, these days, it's vampires versus werewolves. They can't get along. They're natural enemies. Right. You're both from the same seed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't really look into that. There was there's stuff like that in the movies too where like he can turn into a wolf or he has a wolf or wolf's bane hurts him in some way and right?
1: there's like not yeah. much to dig into actually with dracula um because i remember hearing somewhere one time that the first vampire was either adam the first man judas <laughs> Or just, like, some <laughs> random guy that drank the blood from the crucifixion. Those are all three things that I have heard. Couldn't find any info about any of them anywhere.
0: Fascinating. Yeah. In the 1992 movie, that's how Dracula becomes a vampire. He, like, curses God, and then blood starts pouring out of a crucifix in a church, and he drinks it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because his in- wife died. So, you know, like you do. When Incredible. You're grieving, you Incredible. curse God and become a vampire. Yeah. It's happened to the best of us. (laughs) You know what? Yeah. Dracula, he's the best of us. (laughs) Love that guy. Love that guy. He's comedic gold. (laughs) I want to talk about some other really funny things that Dracula does in the movies that are just... Please
1: do. Running around pretending to be his own servant is peak (laughs) comedy. Hysterical. He's like, I got something to take care of real quick. You stay in the library. And then goes and makes like a five course dinner. <laughs> no, <laughs> and sets up the table, and he's <laughs> like, "Okay, well, I'm back."
0: Incidentally, dinner is served. <laughs> incredible! Oh, that's incredible! I love him. The um, the thread of a character accidentally cutting themselves and then Dracula freaking out happens in a couple of the movies. Beautiful. And I think it was in Nosferatu where harker like cuts himself while he's slicing bread and the nosferatu like becomes immediately transfixed just like staring at his bleeding thumb he like reaches out and is like the precious blood (laughs) and then like like, goes at him to oh come on and harker's (laughs) just like ah Harker, like, fre- he freaks out a little bit and then and then Nosferatu is just like oh, my, my apologies I, I I was so concerned that you were bleeding and, and Harker's just like, oh yeah, thanks buddy Oh my god He's <laughs> just like, not bothered at all In character though Yeah, no, when Dracula startles
1: him in the novel and he cuts himself, I pictured it like pretty much Bilbo freaking out over the ring <laughs> in that one scene Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> that's, that's his vibe. Incredible. That's what it was like in the movies. Yeah. Um, there's also this fantastic moment in the Turkish version that I watched where um, Harker, like, finds the casket where Dracula is sleeping and he opens it up. And the vampires in that movie, when they're in their coffins, like, sleeping or whatever, their eyes are wide open. <laughs> They're just laying there, staring blankly. That's <laughs> and And Harker is, like, horrified, naturally. He picks up a shovel and hits Dracula in the face with it. Mm-hmm. And Dracula, staring blankly, turns his eyes to look at Jonathan Harker, like, do you fucking mind? <laughs> and then goes back to sleep. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> it happens in the novel, also. Oh, so good. <laughs> the only difference
1: is that we have Jonathan's internal monologue. So he's going to stab him in the heart, and then Dracula looks at him, and he's so horrified by Dracula looking at him because he has such an evil intent in his eye that he misses and hits him in the forehead instead.
0: What an idiot. Yeah. Himbo. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute himbo. There was um, in the 1958 Dracula, also with Christopher Lee. I believe the 58 one is part of the Hammer Films series. Uh, and then the 1971 that I watched that also has Christopher Lee is not. But I didn't really do that much research about that. To be honest, I'm underprepared for this podcast. Yeah. But in 1958, they actually gave him some agency where he shows up and he's like, yes, I'm a librarian here to do librarian things in your personal library. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then it's like plot twist. He's actually a vampire hunter and he's there to kill Dracula. Oh, damn. Yeah. Um, and he and Van Helsing are like old buddies who've been like in on this together. And they like are plotting to kill Dracula. Cause they already oh, know damn. him, um, but he still sucks. Cause he doesn't actually do it. Look, this whole book would
1: have been over so much sooner if Mina didn't exist. She's the only competent character. <laughs> Damn. It's in they acknowledge that in the text. They're like, Van Helsing will be like, I don't know what to do about this. And Mina's like, hey, have you tried thinking about it for 15 seconds? And he's like, oh, a genius!
0: <laughs> Mina is an extremely competent character in the Turkish version. She's also like kind of a modern woman she like mm. is like a saucy nightclub dancer hmm. yeah the, the turkish one the well no the turkish one is set in the 50s huh. so they like moved it to what was then a modern setting so she's like this saucy nightclub dancer she has her own car and she's constantly like yeah i'm just gonna go do whatever the hell i want
1: <laughs> yeah not so in the novel even in the novel she's like yeah kids these days we need good Victorian values
0: oh dude so not in the Turkish one the Turkish movie was actually really good I enjoyed it and there's like this great moment where all of the men have gathered to like hunt down the vampire and Mina's like okay dope but I still have to go to work and they're (laughs) like yeah for sure just wear your garlic (laughs) have fun at work one thing that really bothered me about the movies is because there's the common thread of Lucy gets enthralled by Dracula and Mm -hmm. then he like turns her into a vampire Mm -hmm. and then they have to kill Lucy. And I think in every single movie, well except Nosferatu because she's not a character in that one, but in any movie that has Lucy in it, Mm -hmm. they make her fiance kill her.
1: Um, No, they let her fiance kill her because he really wanted to release her soul
0: yeah no in the movies they like find lucy in her coffin and and van helsing is like you have to do it you have to do this for her and her fiance is like crying and upset and is like no i love her and i'm like why are you making him just literally anyone else could do it
1: yeah no i think that's a good segue into how much van helsing fucking sucks He's cruel. Um, He's constantly like, he's the only one that knows that vampires are a thing for a good like two thirds of the book. And he's constantly like, just trust me, this will make sense later. And refuses to explain anything to anyone, even when they're like, wow, why do you want to desecrate
0: her corpse? And he's like, it's just necessary. He's only like that in the 92 version.
1: He does shit like uh, Mina is being turned into a vampire later. It's a whole thing. But um, she is, like, enough of a vampire that she can't abide holy things. And so yeah. he makes a circle of communion wafers around them. You know, think salt circle to keep vampires right. uh, Dracula's wives out. And so he makes the circle and then is like, hey, you should cross this circle. Like, doesn't explain what he's doing at all. He's just like, hey, c- come here. <laughs> he, he here, like just like as a fucked up experiment he's just, he's a mean guy
0: I mean, that's kind of funny though <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorta, <of. laughs>
0: but he's just it's a little funny <laughs> he's
1: cruel he refuses to explain anything to anyone you know if it wasn't for all the murder i would say that dracula is the victim of slander And Van Helsing is the bad guy. Because he shows up and is just like, no, fuck that guy in particular.
0: I really think that Dracula um, is just socially awkward. He just doesn't know how to connect with people. Except for the murder part. Well, you know, some people murder to cope. To cope? I mean, he really is like he doesn't know how to talk to people. No, he do- he kind he of says just weird shit. He stares at them all creepily. <sighs> it doesn't make any sense how he became like a sex symbol. I don't no. get it at all. Even in in the 1931 Bella Lugosi, he he meets the women at a theater and he says a bunch of weird shit that I can't remember. But it's like weird, creepy, macabre stuff. Mm. And then later on, Lucy's like, wow, that Count Dracula, though, right? And Mina's like, are you kidding me? He's so <laughs> weird. Jeez like even Mina's like are you serious for real and Lucy's like yeah I don't know I just really liked him and it's portrayed as like something's wrong with Lucy (laughs) that's
1: nice that's good yeah no they very much rely on him being able to hypnotize people or like enthrall them like nobody likes that guy
0: yeah it's really like in the in the Turkish one they really emphasize that Lucy is like absolutely terrified of Dracula, but incapable of saying no to him. Yeah, I think that vibes a lot more with the novel. Yeah, I really liked that interpretation too just because it's like it's very effective to show her like absolute terror even as she's getting up and opening windows and letting him in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty spooky.
1: You know, speaking of, I would love to segue into the inconsistencies in this novel Um, because I feel like this is probably where people get a lot of the, like, vampire rules that still exist. Like, you can't enter a building without being invited, can't go in the sunlight, um, stake through the heart. You know, classic vampire shit. Yeah. Uh, Where are the rules in this? Because Van Helsing sits down and explains all of those things. These are all the things he can and can't do. Um, not the going in the sunlight one, because he very clearly can go in the sun and does on several occasions, which is weird. But the one in particular is he has to be invited in, right? Um, he's never invited into Lucy's house ever. (laughs) So how does he get in there over and over? And, like, you could argue that, like, her opening the window for him... The one time that she does is invitation. Sure, fine. But then how come he has to hypnotize a wolf into breaking her window? Which, let's not get into the fact that it's a window on the second story and this wolf somehow jumped so hard that the window broke on the second story. We'll just leave that alone. Um, (laughs) Why does he need to have a wolf break open the window for him to go in if he was already invited in? And if he has to be invited in, but the window has to be broken, like, why does that mean he's allowed now? (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's just, it's super inconsistent, the things that Dracula is allowed to do or not do. It seems to change depending on the chapter. Because, like, it is, it's a huge plot point later that Renfield invites him into the asylum where he attacks Mina. And he has to convince Renfield to let him in. But he doesn't need to be invited into Lucy's. And, like, is Dracula a military genius? Or does he have a child brain and just realized this week that he has super strength? Which is it? <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's also a little bit of a plot point. He has these large crates of dirt that he carries around with him. Yeah, <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> so that he has a safe place to sleep, I guess. Although, I don't know why he needs to sleep if he can just wander around in the daytime. Like, I'm confused by that, too. And he hires, like, a team of men to move these crates of dirt around yeah. so he can have bases all over London. Yeah, he and sure does. In, in the midst of that, is when he realizes he can just pick them up himself. Oh, no. (laughs) So is he a military genius? Or is he too stupid to know he can lift stuff?
0: Oh, no. No. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, we love a dumb gay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. He's such a dumb gay. He's so queer-coded. There's, like... (laughs) Does this happen in the books where, like, the brides go after harker and dracula shows up and is like that man is mine absolutely it goes
1: further than that because he's like this is mine don't touch him and they're like you can't even love which is a weird thing to yell at him about that and dracula looks at harker pensively and whispers i too can love oh no um incredible no that's the gayest thing i've ever heard
0: I thought it was pretty gay, just that he yells, this man is mine. (laughs) Yeah. Does he give (laughs) the brides a little babby to eat? Yes. Yeah, that's gross.
1: Which I also, I don't understand that either. Because Lucy is turned into a vampire by being bitten and drained of blood
0: until she dies. Yeah.
1: But Mina is bitten, and then forced to drink Dracula's blood, and that makes her a vampire. Right,
0: What what is the truth?
1: But then the baby was presumably eaten and drained of all his blood until he died.
0: Uh-huh, but he's not a little baby vampire.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. so I don't... And if drinking from someone until they die turns them into a vampire, how come there's not five billion vampires? Dracula's been alive for like 300 years.
0: Yeah, it doesn't make any sense.
1: doesn't make any sense.
0: I mean, there's also like, there's this huge inconsistency in the 1992 film where like, Dracula is like this old decrepit man when Jonathan Mm -hmm. Harker goes and meets him. Mm -hmm. I mean, a fashion icon, but an old (laughs) decrepit man. And he's, like, overtly monstrous. Like, he just is the worst. And Jonathan Harker is just like, ah, this guy's a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, uh, and then he, like, kills the whole crew on the ship that he goes on to England. Yes. And is still yes, an is old that. man. Still an old decrepit man when he gets there. Hmm. And it's not until he starts feeding off of Lucy... That he gets younger.
1: You know, that's weird, but it does kind of make sense for how, how? like... Well, just... It, not not any actual sense. Like, thematic oh. sense. In <laughs> okay. the way that, like... Yeah. In the way that, like, the women are treated within the novel.
0: Because... I will agree with you there, yeah. Mm-hmm. But... Logically... Logically, should... it makes no sense. <laughs> it also... So many of these movies don't explain how Dracula gets Lucy enthralled. Yeah. they just It's just like, here's Lucy the first or second time we're seeing her as a a character, and she's messed up because Dracula's in her head now. And it's like, how did they meet? How did he do that? When did he get here?
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense.
0: And in 92, it makes even less sense because he shows up and he's this creepy old man. And then just suddenly Lucy's enthralled And he's getting younger from sexily feeding off of her blood. It's extremely
1: eroticized. They draw such a connection between blood exchange and sex. Yeah. And again, I don't know if I mentioned this yet. It's hard to draw any real conclusions about what Bram Stoker was trying to say. Because he's so inconsistent with his own internal rules. Right. But, like... Lucy gets four blood transfusions and her fiance, she dies before they get married. And he says that it's as if they were truly married because she took some of his blood.
0: Right. So like what? That's not expressly stated in any of the movies, but it is like heavily implied Mm -hmm. that there's an intimacy to the fact that he provides the blood transfusion for her. Yeah. It's weird.
1: It's weird. And it's hard to draw any conclusions about it, but they do make a point of stating that if that's true, then she really has four husbands because these four people gave her blood. Okay, Right. And And Dracula's wives that he changed, right, implies that she is also a wife of Dracula. So it's like, but you can't draw any conclusions from that because there's no internal logic that's so weird
0: it is there's like a weird scene in the 1992 version too where he like is having sex with lucy but also feeding off of her right it's gross and it also is like if having her blood taken in whatever form like weakens her to the point where she's like consumptive and dying How is she actively engaging in sex while her blood is being taken? Right? Because she's like, she's actively engaged. They are having sex, but he's also viciously drinking her blood at the same time. I'm like, how does she have the energy for that? (laughs) She should just be laying there. It doesn't make it make sense. (laughs) They can't. Yeah,
1: I don't know. There's definitely some conclusion to be drawn with blood exchange, and it definitely has to do with sex and marriage. Because I, I think that it's notable. Renfield in the novel is in the insane asylum. Yes. And the way that Dracula convinces him to invite him into the insane asylum is that he offers him as much power as he would want. Like physical power. But not by turning him into a vampire. By bringing him live creatures for him to eat so he can absorb their strength. Because he decided right. that that's true. Right, and he's like, "Fuck yeah, I want to (laughs) eat a living person and be super strong," but like that's pretty him into a vampire. So like,
0: so what is he? Because he's like, it's implied in the movies that he's like not quite human anymore. Yeah. Well, the
1: fucked up thing is that he appears to be correct that eating creatures has given him some kind of superpower because he keeps a log of how many flies he has eaten. Gross. Right, and he also catches flies and feeds them to spiders and then feeds the spiders to birds and then eats the birds. Because okay. then he gets the souls from all the flies that were eaten by the spiders and all the spiders that were eaten by the birds. And then he eats the birds, so he gets like 300 souls all at once. What the hell? Yeah, it. I, at least that kind of makes sense. <laughs> I I no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's basic food chain stuff. It's fine. Um, but he gets into a fight with the orderlies at some point, which, like, how come you're just letting that guy escape, like, 20 times, and then you have to get into <laughs> a fist fight with them later? Oh, but he's shit. strong enough to take, like, five guys. Sure, he ate all of those birds. <laughs> right. Like, so he was correct. Like, right. the novel says, that is correct. If you eat a bunch of flies, you can <laughs> fight five men at once. <laughs>
0: So what did Dracula do to him?
1: Actually, nothing. He promises him a bunch of stuff, doesn't deliver, and then kills him.
0: No, but, like, (laughs) something had to have happened to him to make him gain strength from eating things. No,
1: that happens before Dracula shows up.
0: Oh, no. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, it actually is just eating flies gives you super strength.
0: Oh, no. See, in the movies, it's always, like, Renfield had a prior encounter with Dracula.
1: Yeah, no, not so. And then
0: and then ended up in the insane asylum and it's already like I serve Dracula and also I'm gonna eat these cats.
1: Yeah, no, not so. It's great. He's just eating flies, <sighs> insisting that it will make him super strong and be able to live forever. And then Dracula shows up and he's like, Oh, God is here now, sick, I'm gonna serve that guy because that's God. Holy shit. Yeah, his super strength from eating flies is completely divorced from anything Dracula does.
0: Okay, great. Uh, love that. It's fine. Make it makes
1: sense. <laughs> it makes zero
0: sense. My favorite Renfield is the one from the 1931 movie. He is by far the scariest part of that movie. Ooh. He's so unnerving. It opens with him being the one who goes... To Dracula's castle. Like he takes on that role instead of Jonathan Harker. Okay. And then and then Dracula, like, turns him into a thrall in some way, it's unclear. But then he like sends him to London specifically to infiltrate the asylum so that Dracula can get in there to get closer to Mina. That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Well, Mina is the the Oh, is she the daughter. They made her related to the guy who runs the asylum in the movie, Jack Seward. Yeah, so so he like needs needs to get in on that. Okay. But Renfield is like he vacillates between seeming really sane and then just being the craziest thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the the actor who played him had this like the eeriest evil laugh. I feel like. Lots of times in, mo- in like modern films, evil laughs are, laughs are very like over the top mm-hmm. and very like, I don't know, like they're meant to sound sinister from the get go. But Renfield's laugh in this movie is like, when it starts, you're not sure if he's laughing or crying. Ooh, It's like this low, drawn out moaning sound that slowly rises into a little cackle. Ooh, I love that. And he does it off screen all the time. Like they'll be having some discussion about Dracula. And then you just hear Renfield off screen laughing. And he like wa- he like hobbles into the room and is like, let me tell you some kooky shit about vampires. And everyone's like, how'd you get here? <laughs> it's so creepy. I love that. It's great. There's also a scene where Dracula finally delivers a human being for him to consume. Beautiful. Uh, he, like, enthralls one of the maids at the house. And, like, he doesn't even... I don't even think he makes her pass out. He just, like, makes her lay down. <laughs> it's extremely creepy. And then Renfield crawls over there on his hands and knees to eat her.
1: Oh.
0: Oh, it's so creepy.
1: <laughs> oh, that's creepy.
0: I, the That's a good movie for many reasons. But watch it just for Renfield. That, that guy deserved an Oscar. He's so good.
1: I feel like Ren... Renfield is a really interesting character and that's I think an example of you can have a character that's like reprehensible but it's still interesting yes not Van Helsing
0: no Van because Helsing's a bad guy
1: because Renfield is like gross objectively bad he's eating people alive <laughs> yeah most interesting character
0: in the entire yep. novel agreed yeah he's great I want I want him to be the villain
1: I think he would make a great villain. One thing that I thought was really interesting, um, when I was younger and read Dracula for the first time, there is a scene where he's fully sane and um, is begging Dr. Seward to release him from the asylum. And he's like, you'll regret it if you don't release me tonight. I'm sane. I'm fine. Let me out. And as a kid, I was like, um, he's saying that, pretending to be sane and is saying you'll regret it because I'll, like, come eat you in your sleep or whatever. Um, (laughs) But as an adult, I read it more as he is actually sane in that moment and is saying you will regret not letting me out because I won't be able to help but let Dracula in.
0: Ah, yeah.
1: Which was an interesting reading.
0: That tracks with his characterization in a couple of the movies, too. Mm Mm-hmm. In In 1931, he tries to, like, tell people about Dracula in his own creepy way. And he tries to warn Mina away from Dracula. But then Dracula shows up in his mind as a disembodied voice and is like, you've betrayed me. And Renfield is like, no, master, I, I serve you. And then he has to, like, do shit to prove himself. So he's almost like a double agent.
1: Yeah. Um, it reminds me of... What was that character's name, Fenton, from Penny Dreadful? Yeah. Because I never actually watched season three. So season three, whatever season Renfield and Dracula are in. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I don't know how Renfield was portrayed within the story, but I feel like Fenton was meant to be Renfield. They just, like, didn't name him that because they wanted to use Renfield later. Because he's a character that is a vampire, I think? Yeah, he is. And they capture him and chain him up in the basement. And he just, like, is so creepy and unsettling and ooky and crazy. And I feel like it's a really good stand-in for Renfield. I agree. Especially because they attempt to pump Renfield for information, and also Fenton in Penny Dreadful.
0: Yeah, and I think that the, the way that Fenton is characterized is very similar to the Renfield in the 1931 movie.
1: Yeah, Renfield is definitely the most interesting character. Mina's the most competent. Renfield is the most interesting. Van Helsing can go piss up a
0: rope. You know, I think Lucy gets a really bad rap, too. I think she could be so much cooler than she's ever portrayed.
1: I think she could be so much cooler. But you would definitely have to change her from how she is in the book. She's so infantilized.
0: Oh, she is in the movies, too. She's infantilized and also overtly sexualized in the movies. Yes. She,
1: there are actual, actually multiple scenes where Mina is like, well, I got to make sure to take Lucy for her walk. So she sleeps tonight. And it's like, is she five? Uh, Okay. Got to watch out for Lucy because she's a baby. Can we talk about how Dr. Seward is a bad doctor? please.
0: Okay. Cause that's new to me. <laughs> he's Look, like a really good doctor in all the movies. He's
1: portrayed as competent through his own narrative, but like Lucy has something wrong with her where she's like losing a lot of blood and no one can figure out how, except Van Helsing who won't share with anyone what his theory is. <laughs> and it's very clear that it's happening overnight and that she's having sleep disturbances and that someone needs to be sitting with her while she sleeps that yeah. is evident from the go dr Seward even like thinks it to himself and then is like well she's fine I'm going home <laughs> what? if he had bothered to doctor her at any point she would not have died no <laughs> he just had to sit with her like one night and instead he was like yeah, it's probably fine <laughs>
0: Okay, in the movies, it's always, like, Dr. Seward and Van Helsing are, like, on the same page. Yeah. Because there's only, it's only the 92 movie where Van Helsing is portrayed as just, like, a loose cannon who does whatever he wants <laughs> and never explains anything. In all the rest of the films, he's, like, this genuinely nice man who shows up and helps everyone.
1: Yeah, no, he shows up and love bombs people and then, <laughs> like, it is cruel to them. In, like, a weird backwards way. Um, And he does, like, he says that Lucy needs to be watched overnight. Um, And so Dr. Seward does it the first night. And then Van Helsing is like, okay, I have to go back to Amsterdam to get a few things and set a few things in order. I'll be back tomorrow. But doesn't explicitly say, stay with her again tonight. So Dr. Seward just doesn't.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Right. you should not have to say make sure you continue to stay with her every night because she's still actively dying Dr. Seward no. is like, hmm she's still actively dying and it would probably be helpful if someone stayed with her overnight not me though
0: <laughs> you know there are inconsistencies in the movies and there are there are incompetent things that the characters do purely to move the plot along that are like really frustrating. Nothing is compared to what you're talking about.
1: Jeez, man.
0: Like, I really was like, wow, the characters in these movies, pretty stupid. Turns out they're smarter than the book version.
1: Oh, I, I'm not kidding when I say is
0: the only competent character. That is nuts. That's, wow. How did yeah. this book get so famous? Right? How did this book get famous? How did Dracula become a sex symbol when he's just a weird creep? He's a weird creep, and he never
1: even does anything sexy, except for arguably make Mina drink his blood, which that, is not really sexy, sexy to me, but, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey got really popular, <laughs> and super sexy, so.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I wonder, like, what about it was so captivating for audiences at the time?
1: Yeah. And how did so much of what Dracula is get lost over the, yeah. you know, 130 years or so? since that was published. Yeah. Cuz like he's not
0: sexy. There's definitely a slow progression in the movies I watched where it's like the more films got made and little things about the adaptation changed. I could kind of see how various writers were trying to inch Dracula towards something that would suit whatever audience of the day, I guess. Mhm. But even but to a modern viewer, it's really just like, this is so weird. And what about the cultures of the days when these movies were made made people be like, Hell yeah, that Dracula, he's hot as fuck. Right. Well and when I was trying
1: to find something about like Christianity, like Adam and, and Judas and vampires, I found someone that was like Dracula. Or Dracula, the, the, how did they phrase it? The noted anti-hero. What? Right. And I'm like, and it wasn't even like why he is an anti-hero or is he an anti-hero? It was, the, we all know. We don't We know. all know that Dracula is an anti-hero, right?
0: News to me. <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I thought he was a villain. I thought he was... <laughs> I thought he was the embodiment of evil. Yeah. (laughs) Weird. Literally
1: literally repelled by Catholic symbols. But he's an anti-hero.
0: I could almost see in regards to the the sexualized aspect of it, of like, you know, he shows up and he enthralls these women, but in a way the effect that he has on them gives them freedom to express some form of sexuality. Okay. Yeah. So it, I, I could that. kind of see how maybe women would be drawn to that sort of thing in a sexually repressed society sure. of like, it's kind of sexy in a way, but in the end it's still just extremely weird. Mm-hmm. And I don't, the movies I watched at least didn't really ever make that any better because it's always he shows up and he puts them under some kind of spell that makes them sexual. Yeah. So none of the women ever actually had agency over their sexuality. It was forced upon them.
1: Yeah. And I do think that Mina is an interesting counterexample to that in the novel. Because you have the vampire wives who are very sexual, mm-hmm. and Lucy, who is a baby child. Until she's a vampire and then is described as wanton. Wanton. And voluptuous.
0: Okay. Weird. And There's a real Madonna whore complex going on with Lucy.
1: Yeah. And then Mina, who it's notable, is married when Dracula bites her. So she... I don't know it's weird because she does get like kind of enthralled by Dracula and there's a an amount of like mind control that seems to happen but from afar where it's shit like she's not allowed to talk about her theory right now because Dracula won't let her even though he's not even in the country anymore but she still has she's the one that figures out that if they ask her At sunrise or sunset. Then she's free to talk. Because he's not controlling her then. For some reason. Huh. I also think that it's super interesting that... When they're at Dracula's castle. In the climax of the novel. And Van Helsing has killed the vampire brides. And then he comes back outside. To talk to Mina. And she's like, we have to go. Because my husband is on the way. And she can just sense... Where Jonathan is in the same way that before this moment she was able to sense where Dracula was. Huh. Yeah. And I think that it's notable that at this moment where she's been building up to becoming a vampire, there's instead this, like, hard left turn where actually I know where my husband is. Not Dracula.
0: Yeah. It's almost like her corruption is more mature than lucy's
1: yeah and again can't really draw any concrete conclusions from it but i did think it was interesting that lucy can like tell when dracula's at the window and gets up in her sleepwalk fugue state to open the window so dracula can come in versus Mm -hmm. mina suddenly becoming conscious because it's daytime, so she was sleeping because in this chapter of the book, vampires sleep during the day. <laughs> and she suddenly wakes up and is like, hey, Jonathan is almost here. We have to go.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Uh, is that it for this episode? <laughs> is that it? Did we talk about all this stuff? Are we done? I think we might be done. Oh, that was way too fast for us to be done. Okay. Recommendations, though oh yeah
1: if you liked Dracula you should just never read again because honestly you have some taste <laughs> no no that's mean <laughs> yeah no I got nothing for you I guess I his dark materials which I was really? gonna read, I was gonna read for this because... There were certain parts in Dracula that I just found myself thinking about his dark materials, but I never got around to rereading it. So
0: Fascinating. Yeah. Would not have connected those two.
1: I think it's the weird allusions to Christianity and Quincy, who is a- an American, and it just makes me ah. think of that guy that has the balloon.
0: <laughs> Lee Scoresby.
1: Yeah. Um, also-
0: Why do I know his name?
1: <laughs> um, also, Quincy- uh, he dies in the end, and then <laughs> Jonathan and Mina give their child the old Harry Potter treatment. Oh, no. I can only assume that their child is named John Jack Abraham Quincy.
0: No. No.
1: Because they they just say that his name is a string of names that ties our little band together, but we call him Quincy.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) I'm sorry. I love that we're an hour into this. We're wrapping up. And Quincy just now got mentioned. (laughs) She's like, oh, by the way, there's a cowboy in Dracula. There you go. (laughs) He's a good character. Uh, Not much to say about him, though. Apparently not
1: relevant. (laughs) He never even gets a narrative. Everyone else gets a diary (laughs) or whatever. He gets nothing and then dies.
0: I think he's only in one of the movies that I watched. I forgot he existed.
1: Incredible. <laughs>
0: um, on that note, I genuinely recommend that people watch Nosferatu. Sick. Nosferatu and 1931 Dracula with Bela Lugosi. The hype is real. They're really good movies. And also Spider Baby. Really? Spider Baby's got the vibe. All right. If you, if you like old horror movies, check out Spider Baby. Spider-Baby's a fun ride. If you want to see Van Helsing's Camp Redemption arc, watch the Van Helsing movie with Hugh Jackman in it.
1: Also a fun ride.
0: Love that movie. One of my favorites.
1: I mean, it's a bad movie, but it's good.
0: It's it's
1: bad in a good way.
0: Exactly. It's fun bad. Fun bad. Uh, What should we do next time? Well, are we doing a continuation of Vampires? Yes. Are we perhaps going to explore... The modern vampiric adaptations Ooh, what a good idea Uh, interview with the vampire, right? Ew! It surprised me! (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't you know We're planning on doing a whole series About vampires Ooh, exciting
1: I'm Convokes Most Places, Jimmy the Deer Boy on Instagram and Twitter.
0: I'm Hella Lambs Everywhere, but only find me on Instagram and Twitter.
1: (laughs) And we'll see you next time, wives, thralls, and enemies. (laughs) Nice.